Hello, and welcome back to the Self-Care Keto Podcast. I'm your coach, Jess, and happy October to everybody out there. I hope that if you are in the States and uh, particularly in Florida or in the southeastern area of the United States that you made it safe through Hurricane Ian and that you're doing okay out there. October is actually one of my favorite months because it's my daughter's birthday coming up on the 20th, uh, my mom's birthday. I'm really enjoying celebrating um, Dia de los Muertos. Uh, We watched the movie Coco and we set up our ofrenda and all of the fun stuff um, to celebrate the end of the month with Halloween and trick or treat and Dia de Muertos and all of that fun stuff. So I don't know if you like to decorate for fall, but we do. I usually decorate for fall in like August and then I switch it out for October. I have to do that in the next couple of days here to set up all of our um, Halloween stuff, but it's fun. Yesterday, my daughter's school was closed because of the heavy rains. Uh, We didn't get anything really terrible with the hurricane, but it's just been really, really rainy and it tends to flood where we live since I live in Virginia Beach and we're by the water. So unexpectedly, my daughter's school was shut down yesterday and just to kind of keep her busy, uh, I took her to the mall and we went to Claire's for the very first time and we both shopped around because they were doing this deal of buy three, get three free. And it was just so fun and cute. My daughter's about to turn six. It was so fun for both of us just to be able to like look at different little things. And I mainly um, looked at all the blue light blocking glasses because I am so into blue light blocking glasses lately. And it's so funny because it's not even necessarily to like block the blue light, which I'm like, okay, I can get down with that. But it's just for the self-expression of having fun, cool frames to wear. I'm just really enjoying that. And that makes me laugh because I actually wore glasses, prescription glasses for most of my life. Um, When I was seven is when I got my first pair of glasses. And then I think I got my LASIK surgery when I was 27. Um, So one of the best things I ever did, so, so, so glad that I got LASIK surgery. And it just, it just tickles me that I never wanted to wear my glasses. Like when I, when I needed them, I, I just hated wearing glasses and I would do everything to avoid wearing them. And I'm uh, nearsighted. So yeah, nearsighted where you have trouble seeing things far away. I don't know. Okay. Now I'm confusing myself, but anyway, I had trouble seeing things far away. So For the most part, I only would ever wear my glasses like to see the TV or to see like a movie screen or when I was driving, um, something like that. But other than that, I never wore my glasses because I didn't really like how I looked in glasses. I thought I looked better without glasses. Um, So I wound up getting the LASIK surgery and for years, you know, was just so happy about not having to wear glasses. And now I'm like, I kind of miss wearing glasses. Like it's fun to just have like different funky uh, frames that kind of, you know, it's just a fun form of self-expression. So they were doing this deal, a buy three, get three free items. So she got six items and I got six pairs of <laughs> blue light blocking glasses. And I've just been having so much fun uh, wearing them all. So along with October being a new month, um, I have a new mindset class for you guys this month. And it's super fun. I'm calling it Focus Pocus, which by the way, have you watched Hocus Pocus too? Because I thought it was really super cute. Nothing can really compare with the original, but as far as sequels go, I think they did such a fun job. So definitely the name of the movie inspired me and it's just a fun kind of spooky month for October. So um, the class is called Focus Pocus and it is all about um, managing your focus because where focus goes, energy flows, 
whatever we focus on expands. We move in the direction of our focus. All of those, you know, little one-liner memes that you see are just so true, right? Um, So this class specifically focuses on reframing your past, so focusing your past, and also focusing your future. So we're going to reframe the past through a lens of self-compassion, giving yourself credit for all of the things that you have been through instead of just focusing on your past failures. Even the things that you look at as a past failure, we're going to reframe them through the lens of self-compassion and to feel the clean pain version of it instead of dirty pain, which is what we're going to be talking about today. I promise I'll explain. And we're also going to create your inspiring future. So I find that you know a lot of the times we are either focused on our past but beating ourselves up about it, or we're focused on the future, but feeling anxiety about it, right? So this is still about refocusing on the past and refocusing on the future in a way that is actually going to be helpful to you. So if you are curious, you're like, ooh, this sounds fun, focus, focus. Um, you can get that class over at bit.ly slash self-care keto class. It's just $22. The link is also in the show notes. So Let's get into the topic for today, clean pain, dirty pain. So first of all, I want to give credit to one of my favorite coaches, Simone Soul. I learned this concept from her. So I always like to give credit where credit is due. Um, This is something that really helped me, like really transformed my thinking when I got a hold of this concept. And I love sharing it with all of my clients. It is so helpful for a lot of the things that we go through in weight loss coaching together, definitely like interpreting what's happening with the scale. Um, This is so valuable, but also for all of the, um, you know, just stuff in life that is hard and is painful. And then we find ourselves self-soothing with food. Can you relate? So clean pain, let's talk about the differences between clean pain and dirty pain. So first I'm going to explain what clean pain is and give you some examples. And then I'm going to explain what dirty pain is. Um, I will give you some circumstances that kind of happen in life. And I'll give you the clean pain version versus the dirty pain version so that it's really, really clear what I'm talking about here, the differences between clean pain and dirty pain. And then I'm actually going to teach you how to separate clean pain from dirty pain in whatever you're going through in your life and why this is valuable, right? Okay. So clean pain is the inevitable part of life built into the human experience, something that we all experience that we cannot opt out of the painful parts of life, right? And so just being human is just kind of part of life that we will experience pain in life. We cannot get out of it. There's no way unless we like sever part of our brains. (laughs) It's just inevitable, right? And it's baked into the human experience because of the limitations of being human, right? Um, And also part of the human experience is the fact that other humans and their free will can impact our lives, right? And that's just part of the human experience. So if we fully feel it and if we accept it, then we can actually transmute the energy of clean pain. We can alchemize it by turning pain into purpose. I know that maybe that's a concept that we've heard of before. Um, turning you know, something that was harmful, turning it into good. Not gaslighting yourself. There's a big difference there. And when I say gaslighting yourself, I mean invalidating your own pain. 
um, comparative suffering, saying like, oh, other people have it so much worse than me, or I should be so grateful, or that's not really anything to feel sad about. Like That is invalidating yourself. That is gaslighting yourself. That's not what I'm talking about, about um, turning pain into purpose. What I mean is fully feeling the pain in life, feeling self-compassion, being able to relate to other people and just sharing your vulnerable experience of the pain that you have been through in life. And that can provide healing to other people. And it can provide hope to other people that you just share. And you're like, yeah, I lost a parent too. And I got through it. And it's so, so, so hard, right? Um, And that just kind of gives encouragement to somebody else. Like even your struggle with your weight, if you can feel the clean pain of that, and accept it and you can alchemize it. You can transmute the energy of that and turn it into purpose to help yourself and to help other people who are in that journey as well. That's something that I'm doing with this podcast and being a weight loss coach. I went through so much pain in the area of food and weight and body image, and I have transformed it into my purpose. So let me give you some examples of clean pain, the kind of pain that, again, is just baked into the human experience, part of being alive, cannot opt out. Okay. Grief and loss, right? So we're all going to lose people that we love. We're all going to lose things that we love, situations that we love, relationships that we love are going to change change form, um, divorce, um, losing a parent, losing a loved one, of death, of course, I'm talking about miscarriage, um, le- losing an ability as we get older, um, maybe going through an accident, you've lost, you know, something, something on you looks different, something on you doesn't, your body doesn't function the same way. There's so many different examples of grief and loss. Change in and of itself, you know, like we go through so many changes in life and changes can be good, but changes can also feel like grief and loss. You know, even just watching your kid grow up and change every single day, there's something beautiful about that, but there's also an aspect of grief and loss, little changes like that. Um, Changes in relationships as they, uh, changing jobs, you know, there's so many different things that we experience in the form of change, even uh, changes that we do not choose, you know, other people are making changes and those changes impact us. There's grief and there's loss built into that. So feeling disappointment, feeling uh, uh, the disappointment of unmet expectations is just built into the human experience. So feeling misunderstood, feeling different. There, There's no way to get around that. We, as humans, we cannot read other people's minds. And so inevitably, there are going to be times when other people misunderstand us and we feel the pain of that, of feeling different, of feeling misunderstood. Uh, feeling frustration at our limitations or our what we would label as failures. So, you know, even think about a baby growing up, you know, like they want to reach that thing. They can't reach the thing. They start crying. They're frustrated, right? This is a form of clean pain. And we all feel this at different points in our lives. Um, even as we, you know, get older and we start to feel the limitations of getting older. If we, again, you know, if we had some type of accident or situation, or if we are differently abled in some way, shape or form, whether that be, you know, a physical um, version of that limitation, a, an, a, a mental version of that limitation, like neurodivergence. There's lots of different um, ways that we can feel frustrated at limitations or feel frustrated at failures. 
we tried something and it didn't work out the way that we wanted it to work out. Maybe we don't have that skill set yet and we feel frustration at that limit. Even though it might be a limitation that we can overcome, we can learn that skill set, but it's still, you know, we feel frustrated. We can't do what we want to do. I, th- I see that thing. I want to do it. I want it. I can't do it yet. That That's a frustration that's just built into life. Feeling the feeling and noticing the gap between where we are and where we want to be is part of the human experience. So along with this, all of these inevitable parts of life that are clean pain, the flip side of that is the beauty of being alive, right? So we can't have grief and loss without love. If we never loved, then we wouldn't feel the grief or the loss. Change comes along with the beauty of aliveness, that life is just constantly moving forward. It's alive. You know, the plants are constantly changing. The leaves are constantly changing. The tides are constantly changing. The moon is constantly changing. Everything about nature and life is constantly changing. We're constantly changing. Our cells are always regenerating. Um, you know, our weight is fluctuating. <laughs> There's so much about life. Our, our kids are growing up. They look different every day. Our parents are aging. They look different every day. Um, change is part of the beauty of being alive. Disappointment over unmet expectations, that is part of the beauty of desire. If we didn't have desire, then we would never feel disappointed. Feeling misunderstood, feeling different, that's the beauty of diversity, that there is beauty in difference, right? Um, To experience something different from ourselves is exciting and it's beautiful. It can also be frustrating at times, but diversity is part of the beauty of life. Feeling frustrations um, at limitations or failures, the gap between where we are, where we want to be. The flip side of that is like the joy of mastering something, the joy of pursuing new things in your life, right? So that's what I mean by clean pain. Things that are built into the human experience that are kind of just the natural flip side of all of the beautiful things that we love in life. What is dirty pain? Okay. Dirty pain is the story that we attach to the clean pain. When um, it's difficult to feel that clean pain. So dirty pain is an optional story that we layer on top of clean pain. It is meant to be helpful and adaptive because everything that we do is good. There are no bad parts of ourselves. Anything that we're doing to cope or um, to help ourselves get through life, even if it winds up being maladaptive or harmful to us in some way, shape, or form, I like to just point out that it is actually trying to be helpful. It's trying to be adaptive. Dirty pain is trying to help you make sense of things that don't make sense. Um, we wind up blaming ourselves to avoid the reality that pain is unavoidable. We don't want to accept that belief. You know, pain is unavoidable. I will feel pain in my life. We don't like that. Nobody likes that. We want to protect ourselves from that. So we blame ourselves thinking, well, if it was my fault, then I could maybe change what I did next time and I could avoid pain somehow. We really want to attach to this belief that we could avoid pain. (laughs) So we blame ourselves to avoid the reality that pain is unavoidable and that we are vulnerable to others' free will. We really don't like that, that other people can impact our lives. And so we want to protect ourselves from accepting that. And so we make up dirty pain stories. So 
The problem with dirty pain is that it is actually harmful. It's maladaptive because the result of dirty pain is shame. So if you wind up blaming yourself, well, then you take on shame with the belief that there's something wrong with you. It's not just that this type of pain is universal to everybody and you're just a human just like everybody else. Like, no, you are like terminally, uniquely flawed. There's something wrong with you and you must need someone or something outside of you to fix you or to save you. So the result is shame. It's not trusting ourselves. It's hating ourselves. It's feeling anger and disgust towards ourselves, which leads to shutting down and it leads to self-soothing, usually with some type of harmful coping mechanism, maybe emotional eating, maybe something different. So clean pain versus dirty pain. A lot of times we feel both in a certain situation and how do we differentiate between the two of them? So I'm going to give you some examples, two examples, one more extreme, one a little bit more um, you know, relatable that we all go through. So the first circumstance, I'm just going to use the example of having a miscarriage. Okay. So if a woman has a miscarriage, she's going to feel clean pain and maybe she might feel dirty pain. Remember dirty pain is optional, but let's just put ourselves in the shoes. Maybe you have had a miscarriage. Maybe you've had a friend who has a miscarriage, someone you love, or at least you can try on, you know, imagining that scenario if you had a miscarriage. So miscarriage is death, grief, loss, right? Change, disappointment of unmet expectations, frustration at limitations, or maybe what you would consider that to be a failure, the gap between where you are, where you are and where you want to be. All of those things, all, all of that clean pain could be felt in the experience of having a miscarriage. And then dirty pain would be attaching a story to that more than just, oh my gosh, I feel so sad. I was imagining a totally different future and now I've lost that. I hate this feeling, you know, like unmet expectations. I'm hugely disappointed. I'm, I'm angry. I'm, I'm hugely frustrated. And then we layer a story on top of that. And the story might be, this is my fault. I didn't take good enough care of my health. I wasn't healthy enough to begin with when I got pregnant. Somehow this is my fault. I don't deserve to have a baby because I'm not worthy of it because I haven't taken care of my health. Um, God must not trust me to have a baby. Maybe I'm just so screwed up that I wouldn't be a good mom. Um, whatever kind of stories that we're attaching to it, those are dirty pain stories. And we attach, remember, we attach those dirty pain stories to try to make sense of something that doesn't make sense. Why? Why did you have to have a miscarriage? It doesn't make any sense. Why did somebody else have a successful pregnancy and you didn't? It, it's so endlessly frustrating and mysterious and it doesn't make any sense. It seems so irrational. And so we try to create a story that helps us to make sense of something that seems senseless. It's so tragically senseless that we try to attach a story to it to help ourselves get through it. But the result is shame, blaming ourselves, not trusting ourselves, hating ourselves, feeling anger or disgust towards ourselves, and then we're going to shut down and we're going to self-soothe. So a more minor example, but something that I'm sure is very relatable to probably almost everybody listening to this is here's the circumstance. The number on the scale went up. Okay. The number on the scale went up. We are going to feel... (laughs) change. Okay. Change is hard. The number on the scale went up. We might feel a sense of grief or loss. 
man, I was getting so much closer to my goal and now I'm farther away from my goal. I feel like I've lost ground, right? Um, the gap between where I am and where I want to be. I'm feeling frustrated about that as I notice that. I'm feeling uh, disappointment, unmet expectations. I was expecting the number to go down or to go down faster than this or whatever it might be. And now I feel disappointed. So that would be all clean pain related to the number on the scale going up. But then what's the dirty pain? What is the story that we attach to the number on the scale going up? It's that I'm a failure. No matter what I do, I'm never going to succeed. Why even bother trying? This is so unfair. It's so much easier for other people to lose weight than it is for me. I have to give myself absolutely nothing and have no enjoyment in life if I want to find success. I have to be perfect to find success. You know, whatever it might be, all of the dirty pain that you start attaching to the fact that the number on the scale went up. And the result is shame. The belief that there's something wrong with you, that you don't trust yourself, that you hate yourself, you feel anger or disgust towards yourself, you shut down and you're gonna wanna self-soothe. So the goal here is to separate clean pain from dirty pain, just to realize, oh my gosh, there are two different kinds of pain. <laughs> it you know, might be like an epiphany for, for some of us in this moment. You might be like, oh, I've never heard of this before. I, I think that at, before I heard clean pain, dirty pain, I think that I had heard maybe some version of this, like there's a difference between pain and suffering, like pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. Um, you know, I, I'm very aware of like the, the stories that we attach to things, but I just really love this clean pain, dirty pain, because it's so memorable. It can just stick with you. And the next time that you're feeling upset about something, just remember clean pain, dirty pain. You know, where's the clean pain? Where's the dirty pain? Can I separate these two things? And so how do you separate clean pain from dirty pain? So the first thing is you want to actually identify the circumstance, so whatever it is in life, there's a difference between the circumstance and then the story that you're telling yourself about what happened. So the circumstance would be, my mother said these words. My sister said these words to me. That's the circumstance. The story is whatever it is that you're making that mean about the words that they said, right? And some people might tell a totally different story than other people. And where do our thoughts come from? Where does the story come from? Well, it comes from our beliefs, our beliefs are the thoughts that we've thought so many times that they become the lens through which we see the world. So your beliefs are the glasses that you are wearing when you see the circumstance. And somebody else has a different set of beliefs and they might interpret that circumstance very differently than you and tell a totally different story. And so you want to first identify the circumstance. What is just like the facts, ma'am? Like that's it. Just the facts, ma'am. So if an alien were looking down at the earth with a telescope and they saw the circumstance, right? They can't see inside your head. They can't see inside somebody else's head. You know, what is just the factual circumstance of what happened? So identify that and then identify the thoughts that you're having about the circumstance. What's the story that you're telling yourself? And then what are the feelings that you're having as a result of those thoughts? What are the actions that you took as a result of the feelings? And then, you know, you can see the results that you get in your life from those actions. So identifying the circumstance, the thought, the feelings, the actions, and the results, um, this is something called the model. This is something created by... Um, uh, head of the life coach school, Brooke Castillo. And so again, I want to give credit where credit is due. Um, I like using the model with clients and I like 
merging together a bunch of different concepts. So bringing the aspect of clean pain, dirty pain into this idea of the model, we would insert that right into the thoughts slash the story about the circumstance. So we're going to separate, you know, the clean pain from the dirty pain. So examine the thoughts in the story. Ask yourself, is this story true? Can I absolutely know that it's true? Okay. So is it true? Is it rooted in shame and blame? Can you actually identify blame, meaning it's someone's fault, maybe yours, maybe you're assigning blame to somebody else, but is it rooted in blame? Is it rooted in shame? Shame meaning there's something wrong with me. Is the resulting feeling a clean pain, part of being human? Remember all of those ones that we listed before, like grief, loss, change, disappointment from unmet expectations, feeling misunderstood, feeling different, feeling frustration at limitations or failures. By the way, that list is not conclusive. There's lots of other things that you could probably come up with, but but is the resulting feeling a clean pain? In other words, part of being human, or is it an optional dirty pain that maybe not everybody would see it the same way as me, Maybe there's a more helpful way of seeing it. Is it an optional dirty pain that you could shift? Write down the dirty pain stories. Write down all of them, all of the thoughts that you're having about how this is your fault, you're terminally uniquely screwed up, it's so unfair, it's always going to be this way, the victim mentality, like all of the things that are coming up into your brain about the dirty pain stories. And also write down the clean pain version. So try to identify what is the clean pain here? Then fully feel the clean pain. (laughs) We don't want to do that. We don't want to feel any pain, right? And so when we try to avoid the clean pain, that's when we start layering dirty pain on and then we just try to move on with life. Like so quickly, we're just like, oh, it's my fault. I'm, I'm the screwed up one. And then just kind of like brush it on the rug and move on. But then that shame just gets rooted deep down. And then, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, you, wind your, you, you find yourself self-soothing from the number on the scale that you saw at 7 a.m., right? But then you never took the time to fully feel the clean pain of that. And you just kind of buried it and felt, you know, an underlying feeling of shame the whole rest of your day. And then you're self-soothing that later on at night. So write down the clean pain version of it and then fully feel the clean pain. Feeling shitty for five minutes or however long it takes to actually fully feel that is the antidote to feeling the chronic suffering of dirty pain. In other words, clean pain is actually the antidote to shame. So with that being said, sometimes there are versions of clean pain. I'm not talking about the number on the scale. I'm talking about like really, really big clean pain, like huge grief, massive change in your life. Um, painful experiences that you went through as a child, right? Things that were uh, done to you or things that you experienced that you never should have experienced. That's very real. And it's very big versions of clean pain. So sometimes, you know, it, you will, it will take longer than feeling shitty for five minutes to get through that kind of clean pain. You can feel shitty for five minutes and then you can put it away. And then when the wave com- wave of grief comes back up again, feel shitty for another five minutes. But it, sometimes it's helpful to have a safety plan for feeling really big, clean pain. Because I know maybe there are some people that are listening right now and they're like, no, I can't deal with like the really big the really big stuff. Like I really just need to keep that at bay. I don't even care if I just have this underlying shame because it's just too big, hairy, scary for me to actually, I don't want to feel it. And so to have a safety plan for feeling really big, clean pain, um, there's containment 
and there's compartmentalization, right? And, you know, sometimes we hear people say like, oh, you know, that person's really good at compartmentalizing. In other words, they're really good at not feeling their feelings. That's not what I'm talking about. I don't want you to have a negative connotation attached to compartmentalization. Um, Compartmentalization is actually a really amazing adaptive skill that our brains have because it's not helpful um, or conducive to be feeling even clean pain all of the time. We need to get through life. We have tasks that we need to do. We have jobs that we need to go to. We have kids that we need to take care of. You know, we can't just lay in bed feeling clean pain for however long it takes. Like, we actually do need to compartmentalize sometimes. And also, compartmentalization can be really good for your mental health. Um, even if you had nothing else to do, like you could go on a silent retreat and, you know, feel all of the clean pain 24-7 for seven days, like nobody wants to do that because it can overwhelm your nervous system. So that's not good for you either. So uh, containment is putting boundaries around feeling clean pain. So if you know that you have like a really big clean pain that you have not taken the time to feel, maybe some childhood abuse or, you know, just something like that, maybe the loss of a loved one, whatever it might be, um, it can be really helpful to put some containment boundaries around that. So what do I mean by that? I mean, taking the time and space to do it when you won't be interrupted, you know, maybe after the kids are in bed or whatever it might be, or asking, you know, somebody to watch your kids, your spouse can take the kids to the park, whatever it might be, you're going to bust out your journal and you're going to take some time for a contained version of clean pain. So for 20 minutes, set a timer or for 30 minutes, set a timer, or even for five minutes, set a timer and just think about the clean pain, fully feel the clean pain. That's what I mean by containment is just kind of setting boundaries around it so it doesn't actually become overwhelming to you. Whatever feels appropriate for you to, as far as containment boundaries go. And then compartmentalization is taking the time to actually like pack that up and put that away. It is to literally imagine like putting it into a compartment, right? So for you, it might be like putting it in, you know, up on a shelf. Like, and that's enough for you. Maybe this clean pain is so big that it needs to be locked in a, you know, lockbox and then take an elevator down six floors and put it in a, a, a safe, you know, whatever it is that you need to imagine. It's okay to just use, use your imagination to compartmentalize whatever that might need to be and that it is safely locked away until you are once again re- ready to safely feel that really big clean pain. So all in all, I hope that this concept of clean pain, dirty pain sticks with you guys and that the next time that you are feeling really any kind of pain that you could remember, okay, clean pain, dirty pain. Specifically, of course, you guys know that I'm always, you know, trying to drive home the message of practicing self-care in your relationship with food and weight and body image. And so specifically for that, next time that you're feeling any kind of pain related to frustration with yourself, food, weight, body image related, remember, clean pain, dirty pain. Okay, where's the clean pain here? It's very appropriate to feel clean pain. You don't need to talk yourself out of feeling upset about your discontent with how your body looks. That would be invalidating yourself. That would be gaslighting yourself. You don't need to do that. I'm not saying don't feel upset about it ever. But it's only clean pain that you can actually transmute that energy of doing something productive with it and turning your pain into purpose. So separate what's the clean pain, what's the dirty pain. Can I detach from the dirty pain and then fully feel the clean pain? So guys, remember, 
I'm doing this mindset class this month called Focus Pocus. And it is about making peace with your past to reframe it with self-compassion, to actually go back into the past and separate the clean pain from the dirty pain so that you can transmute that energy into purpose, so that you can create a future free of shame and free of optional suffering. You want to sign up for that Focus Pocus class at bit.ly slash self-care keto class. And before we wrap up today, I also want to let you guys know that I do offer one-on-one coaching as well. And I offer an eight-week one-on-one coaching program where you can change your life in eight weeks. And we talk about both the concrete strategies that are going to get you to your weight loss goal, which can look different for everybody. So it's very customized. It's about your personality. It is about your lifestyle. It is about your physiology. It is about your specific enjoyment in life, finding the strategies that are actually going to work to help you get to your goal so that you can actually enjoy your weight loss journey. And it is all of this mindset stuff, right? It is getting beneath just changing your behavior to get different results. And it's going into your thoughts and into your feelings and all the way down to the root of all of that, which is your beliefs. And it's shifting your beliefs to beliefs that are actually going to be helpful to you instead of just this endless cycle of self-sabotage. So the coaching program is eight weeks to start out. It's an initial commitment of eight weeks, and you can extend from there on a month-to-month basis if you'd like to. Um, It is asynchronous coaching sessions, which I'm really excited um, that that's a shift that I've recently made from doing like live coaching sessions over Zoom. We now do asynchronous coaching sessions. What does asynchronous mean? It just means not live. So we talk back and forth at times that are convenient for you. We send audio messages, video messages, and text messages to um, make sure that we're addressing all of those things. There's no appointments on your calendar and it is convenient for you. So if you're like such a busy person, and you're like, uh, that sounds great, but I really don't have any time. Well, you can totally respond to me at like 11 o'clock at night and then I'll get back to you at five o'clock in the morning and they're like, it's cool. We can just go asynchronously and um, it's really fun and nothing on your calendar. And also I offer monthly payment plans as well. So it's very accessible financially um, with a variety of payment plans that I would love to tell you more about. So if you're interested, I offer a completely free curiosity call. I would love to get on a Zoom session with you and get to know you a little bit better and hear about your goals and share with you the ways that I can help you through coaching together. Whether you sign up for coaching or not, I will just give you some fantastic free information, whether it's strategy related, whether it's mindset related, but to leave you with more help than you had before you got on the call, for sure, point you in the right direction. And um, you can sign up for a free curiosity call over at my website, theketofit.com, or you can also message me on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn. I am at theketofit. You can send me an email to theketofit at gmail.com. And I would be so excited to connect with you and talk about how I can help you on this journey. Thank you so much for listening to this episode today and also for being a listener of the podcast. And I want to let you know that as I'm always trying to grow the podcast, I don't know if you know this, but if you leave me a rating and review on any platform and send me a screenshot of your review, I would love to thank you by giving you a free copy of either my self-care keto restaurant guide or my self-care keto holiday guide. And I cannot believe that the holidays are right around the corner. So very timely, very helpful. And again, all you have to do is send me a 
screenshot to theketofit at gmail.com of your rating and review and let me know which one you would prefer. And I will send you over your free digital copy of either the restaurant guide or the holiday guide. Just let me know which one you want. All right, guys, I hope that you have a fantastic week and I will be back with you next week.